Hello and welcome to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg, where we embrace newcomers and OGs to crypto, NFTs, metaverse, and Web3. On today's show, we are going to be speaking with a woman who I admire so much. She is an artist. She has become such a leader in the crypto space, and she's really pioneering DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. So we're going to learn all about that today because this is the first time that we've spoken to someone who's leading a DAO on this show. And uh, that was a really foreign concept for me when I first heard that term. Uh, But Nadia is doing incredible things. So I am delighted to introduce our guest today, Nadia Talakonikova, co-founder and member of Pussy Riot and founder of Unicorn Dow. Nadia, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am I have to admit I'm a little bit of fangirl right now because you've just done so many incredible things in the arts um, and I really look up to you a lot so I'm delighted to be speaking today. First of all, since we're in this kind of fake metaverse crypto cafe setting for the podcast, what what are you drinking in the cafe to set the scene? Just water, you know, and caffeine pills. <laughs> all right, I have I have a giant I'm like I'm a big I'm a big fan, uh, fan of the efficiency, so instead of uh, making tea or coffee, I just take caffeine pill first thing in the morning and uh, drink my water. I love water. Okay, that sounds... What do you drink? No, that's very healthy for you. I'm I'm sitting in the middle of New York City, and uh, so I'm on my fifth giant cup of coffee for the day, which is not as good for you as drinking water and not that efficient, but it's, you know, the New York <laughs> way. <laughs> um the stories to change because you know you consume caffeine in one form or another uh but you can like taste of coffee absolutely yes, go for it. yes absolutely okay so tell us a little bit um who who is nadia where you know what what were some of the most defining moments in your career and your life that you think got you to where you are today mm, i was born in siberia that was one um it's a really far removed place and it made me convinced that um, means of communication is a super important thing to embrace and master and own. Um, second, moving to Moscow when I was 16 years old on my own um, and I started to live um, in dormitory of Moscow State University. I was studying philosophy. Um, then I formed an um, art group um my first art group I formed when I was 17 years old. I learned a lot from that. They were making guerrilla-style performance um, actions. And then it led me to starting uh, Putin Riot in 2011. Um, that was the year when Putin announced that he's going to go for the third term as a president. He didn't really ask people if we want him, but he just, he just told us, I'm going to be president again. Um, and we didn't like it. We started Pusherat. Then six months from the start, we were arrested because because we were effective. And unfortunately, in in my weird business, this is a sign of being effective um, in your protest against the government. They notice you. They know everything about you. They follow you, and eventually, they arrest you. I spent two years in jail. Then I got out. Now I formed my first. Uh, formal organization. Um, it's a media outlet that has more than 60 people working for it um, in Russia and Ukraine and Belarus and Kazakhstan. 
uh, we are covering news that nobody else covers because um, it's dangerous. And um, both media is not talking a lot, talking um, a lot about information, importance of having, of delivering people real information, and then they can make decisions uh, on their own. And um, by delivering this information, we grew um, a new generation of Russians who hate Putin, who protest against Putin. Um, well, then uh, I formed an organization that helps prisoners. Uh, we help prisoners with um, the things like food, clothes, but mostly legal help because it's something that helps them to get out of jail sometimes. Um, and I like to form organizations. I realized that true, uh, true punk doesn't have to necessarily destroy things, but also they can form and organize. And it's like one part of do-it-yourself ethos. Um, build alternative institutions and provide alternative working models and an alternative to the <laughs> dominant ones that clearly do not work. Yeah. Um, and then it somehow led me years from 2014. It led me to um, to forming a unicorn DAO, which is um, which is an organization. DAO is just um, another name, the fancy name in crypto for uh, for an organization. Um, what's so? What's specific about it? It's um, it's really flat. Everyone owns not more than three percent of um, total equity, the treasury of the DAO, uh, which makes things uh, really interesting, and it uh, it provides interesting field for experimenting with direct democracy. Mm. It's so really exciting what you've done. I, I'm curious if we could go back a little bit and what was the, your first introduction to crypto? Because I always love figuring out what someone's first light bulb moment was. And, and the first time you heard about crypto, were you into it or were you like, oh, no, that's like weird pirate money. I'm not touching that. I'm all for pirate money. <laughs> I did not use traditional currency for six years of my life I was living solely by shoplifting and I was squatting with uh, 100% anarchist. I just hate fucking banking system and uh, mm-hmm. everything it represents um, all the inequalities that create not like crypto <laughs> yeah I mean like crypto does not save us magically from, from those inequalities but it definitely doesn't have like, all this heritage so it's easier for me to work with that than the traditional financial system I've heard about crypto a long time ago, as we all did, but I didn't really connect it to myself anyhow. But the first time I really connected with it, uh, it happened through NFTs um, early last year. I, um, well, you know, a couple of friends of mine, they were pretty deep in the game. Um, my friend and an artist, Mark Boucher and um, Brian. Claire, um, they made a drop on Nifty Gateway, which went really successfully. And I came to them and I was like, "What? what what's your uh, what's your experience with that?" And they told me, and a couple of other friends of mine. And I decided to try it myself. I sold my first piece for 100 ETH, wow. which was I don't even remember exactly. But it was I don't know, like two hundred thousand dollars at the time, and it was um, I mean it was significant. I was able to raise um, a lot of money for shelter for victims of domestic violence based in Russia um, that I was raising money for. And um, I realized that uh, NFTs and crypto can be used as a good tool for activism. 
For sure. And um, I remember the first time I heard the word DAO was, I think, about a year ago. And uh, I, it was it seemed confusing to me at the time. But now I, I think DAOs are one of the biggest trends. So um, how did you first start getting excited about DAOs? And now you found yourself leading two of them. I started to learn about crypto when I, um, when I made this uh, first and it was funny people started to um ask me like um like i knew things about crypto because i mean like people from i mean like whatever um you know billboard magazine vanity fair they don't know nothing about crypto so the person who made a sale they think that she clearly knows everything so they would ask me questions and i feel like total fucking clown and then so after this first splash i took time to just learn and quietly and learn um and it lasted for around five months i didn't really do anything um in the crypto space i mean like besides just connecting with people and learning from them quietly and i learned from collectors from artists uh tapped into different communities when on discord crypto punks maybe it's like all of that justin versano made um played a big role because he's such a great community builder, artist, photographer. Um, I connected with Vitalik Buterin, who is the founder of um, Ethereum, and asked him questions that um, were important for my community. Things like, yeah, how we can use it for better policy making, how we can use it for better governance, um, how we can use crypto for redistributing uh, public goods. And as a matter of fact, I think tonight, when while I was sleeping, I was still talking with Vitalik <laughs> in my dreams about better distribution of public goods um, using Ethereum network. Well, it, I'm clearly really obsessed with that. Um, so, and after I learned about all of that, like obviously, I like part of my <laughs> learning curve was to learn about DAOs and going to different conferences. And um, I ended up in um, a DAO called Poiser. Blizzard DAO, uh, they formed around buying a work of art of um, an artist friend of mine, uh, People Blizzard. And um, I really loved that they supported a female art. And it's not like it was supported. They were, like, honestly excited about her piece. So it's just, like, a bunch of guys, mostly guys. They formed the DAO. And, um, yeah, I think she sold it for 300 ETH. Um, and then they collected Ike Schultz, who's like one of the best-selling female artists. They collected pieces from Edward Snowden um, for four thousand ETH. Um, so I think I mean it's something like that. It was a lot, and, and so I like that they um, that their focus is females and um, just troublemakers like me. <laughs> so it's the first that I became a member of, and it taught me a lot. I so if you really want to learn something about DAOs, I think you should just try to become a member of one and it will just uh, solve most of the questions because it's not really, like, I don't think, think it's just there, there's just a good theoretical way to learn about it. Yes, for sure. Diving straight in. And I have to say, if, you know, if, if, betting on troublemakers leads someone to you, then that's a smart bet and a good good business decision. Um, Nadia, I'm so curious, with, with Unicorn Dow, I love how you're focusing on um, collecting and investing in women-led projects, LGBTQIA projects. Maybe, can you give us a lay of the land of what it's like to be a woman or uh, LGBTQ in the, in the crypto space right now, both the, the good and the bad that you're seeing? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, crypto space is traditionally um, led by men. Um, it's like the reasons are different. I mean, like people say that <laughs> part of. Um, well, I, I think I think personally that um, it, the biggest reason is that girls were taught that we're not technical. And you know, when when I was ten years old, I really wanted to learn more about how computers are built, how it can hack things and stuff like that. But people were telling me, no, 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 girls are humanitarians, uh, whatever. Like, you should study philosophy, journalism, literature. And I believed in that. Even though I was a feminist, I it somehow conditioned me. And so I came back to technology this um, long time after. And I feel like this is a major problem. So um, access to crypto was um, mostly to um, available to men, and we see the results of that. Because you know, if you minted Ethereum early, uh, then obviously you stack like shit tons of Ethereum and or Bitcoin. And to come to the same level as those early whales uh, for me just I make mean, it seems impossible. I think it is possible, but it will require a lot of a lot of work. And I'm just, I'm just an example. It's like basically a truth about everyone who wasn't who wasn't there early. Most of girls weren't there early, um, so it creates certain culture that um, you know alienates and um, exoticizes women. And it's not happening because most of those guys are malicious. They're like, they're actually like a lot of them are really lovely nerds. But uh, they don't really know how to talk to women without you know, thinking all the time, oh, there's a woman in front of me. I'm like, no, no, no. There's a human being in front of you. But uh, going to all of these conferences, you know, just being a, like one or like you know, one of like, one of a few girls in the room made such an impression. So we couldn't stop talking about <laughs> about like what I have in my pants uh, while I wanted to talk about something more substantial. Um, so didn't like that. And it feels like a lot of people didn't like that. So like I, I started to see a lot of organizations that um, would help women to organize starting to appear in the end of last year and beginning of this year. And it's, it's great because I think um, if we organize, we have the power. I, I'm really a big fan of um, Mark McCavill and he wrote an essay, the power, the power of the powerless. And I'm not saying that we are powerless, powerless, but he says like even, um, even like the most powerless people in society, they have more power than anyone if they just know how to connect with each other and organize. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I see a lot of potential. For sure, and you know, I I was so impressed by what you did with Ukraine DAO. I know you helped to create that and. Obviously, the the situation in Russia and Ukraine after everything that you've been through and your experience, I'm sure, feels very personal and and hits very very closely. Um, but I, I'm curious about how you you know it seems like you turned some of that pain into activism with the Ukraine DAO. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what you did there. I really love how you phrase it, um, turning pain into activism. I think this might be one of my favorite methods because I do experience a lot of pain. I think it's uh, inevitable if you don't close your eyes and what's happening around you. And my job as an activist to have my eyes open on that. I love Ukraine. I really love, I really do. And <laughs> Putin destroys everything that I love. And 
it almost feels like my weird fate. Uh, last year, I was in Ukraine um, thinking about even starting to spend um, part-time um, part of, part time of my life in Ukraine because Russia is really difficult for me right now as an activist. So, and I, but I still really love that culture that comes from Kiev. So, I mean, but I, honestly, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to go into geopolitics. Anyway, I really like Russian Orthodox churches, art that people in Ukraine make, uh, really like their sense of community, their courage. Um, their refusal to be tamed, and I decided I'm going to go and learn and just experience that. So that was my decision last year, this year, Putin starts war, and it obviously feels really, uh, really close to my heart because I have so many friends and um, almost family members. I mean, like they're not by blood, but they're they're really close people to me. Um, so I feel like um, the biggest problem of society today is how optimized and um, well, segregated we are. We don't really, like, we lost this muscle of coming together to solve a problem. And as an activist, I believe that the, the best way to solve um, a problem and your personal pain about something that's happening in society is to start acting, start organizing, and that's what I've done this time is me and uh, my friends, including one of the co-founders of uh, Unicorn DAO. Um, we decided to start to claim DAO, and um, the, our aesthetical decision was to remove aesthetics, and um, we decided to focus on the Ukrainian flag. We sold it for seven plus million dollars in a few days. And what was significant is we were able to distribute this money really quickly. We distributed them in the next 24 hours. And that would not be possible through traditional means of, you know, sending currency. What else was important is that we could protect people from countries like Russia who wanted to help Ukraine but wanted to remain anonymous. They were sending money through crypto and it saved them from getting their bank accounts blocked because that was the case. That is still the case. If you send money from Russia to support Ukraine, you automatically get in trouble. Mm. Yeah, I, it's interesting when I when I talk to a lot of my friends, even the ones that are very skeptical about crypto, when I explain to them what you helped create with Ukraine DAO, how you raised more than $7 million in only two days, and how crypto is really one of the only ways for people to to receive money in Ukraine. It's uh, It really starts to change people's perspectives. So mm-hmm. I, I really thank you for doing that. Um, Nadia, in the final minutes together, I'm curious to hear what are some of your favorite NFTs or pieces of art that you've collected that really speak to you? Hmm. First thing that comes to mind is Women Rise Collection. Really love their founder, Malia. I think she's going to go really far. Yeah. I love both boss beauties. Um, I like World of Women, but I'm an idiot, so I didn't buy them early, and now I'm pressed out of them. I think I think you and I are both maybe fans of Sad Girls Bar. Who uh, I love Sad Girls Bar, yeah. I- um, I'm a big fan of um, Glam. Um, she also happens to be Russian. So we have 
the same language, don't have language barrier. And um, I feel like a lot of members of Unicorn Dow just feel like we want to leave inside of Glam's head because um, she's just so dark and somehow mm, perverted, I guess, in a good way. Um, we are commissioning her work um, as a Unicorn Dow, like her one of one. And this is a big thing that we do. Um, we don't just collect things on uh, available things on OpenSea and make them. We also um, work directly with the artists and ask them what they're um, what they're excited about. So, for example, with Glam, we spoke um, on the phone recently, and uh, um, she said I was, I was kind of afraid or like trying to restrain myself from bringing too much darkness into my PFP project. And he said, no, no, no. Like we want artists to be as free as they want. That this is our role as um, collectors. Um, so please go go dark uh, or, or go home. And <laughs> she's gonna work on um, gonna work on uh, this one of one piece for us. And also yesterday um, I asked her to try to take a stab at Unicorn Dao logo to work with different artists to see with uh, which ones are gonna vibe. And she says she's one who's working on that. Mm. Well, Nadia, you. I mean, it's it's. Inc- I feel like you've lived. 15 lives in one life it's really um amazing what in our final moments together what is still uh what do you still hope and dream to accomplish what what would make you turn around in 10 years and think you know this this next chapter of my life was a huge success Mm, i want well i want to make an excuse um appealing to my primary community which is artists and performers and well you know stylish content creators so a lot of them look at NFTs now and they don't find what they look for they don't think that style is here I mean the style is here but the style for someone else not for them so um, often when I talk to people I usually hang out with like and go, go to parties work with studios with them my fellow musicians they they cringe when I talk about NFTs. Um, <laughs> and I think my big goal is going to be, you know, actually change their minds and it's not possible to change everyone's minds, but I think um, NFTs can be a great tool for musicians as well, like not necessarily for activists, but for activists as well. For I mean, it's, it's important just to bring together these two worlds. They're somehow separated right now. Um, a lot of my friends activists are still um, cringing about NFTs as well. And I think uh, it's going to be solved um, partly by merge when Ethereum is going to move to proof of stake. Like the problem with proof of work, work mechanism um, is going to be gone. So that's, that's going to be a big, um, big solution. I want to... I want to use NFTs to create cultural revolution that's what i will find as a big success it's so wonderful nadia where can people go to reach you to learn about unicorn dow and to see uh, any of the nfts you're collecting so um, my personal slash pussy right account is um pussy right on twitter but it's three r because just pussy right wasn't available so it's pussy r r r Ayat. And Unicorn Dao is um, um, Unicorn Dao um, 
fuck. How he call it? Like this this line that goes down. Oh yes, yes. Okay, I'll, I'll hear. I'll find it. Yes, Uni- unicorn Dow slash. Oh, unicorn Dow underscore X Y Z. That's right. <laughs> I'm not an English person. You can see I'm Russian. <laughs> no worries. You're you're doing you're you're holding it together much better than I am. So, um, I it's real. It's such a pleasure, Nadia. I'm so glad that you and I connected through the crypto space. I really look up to you and all the incredible work you're doing. And I really hope that you and I can collaborate on a lot more to come. Me too. And also, you're part of our DAO. Yes, I. Uh, our, my group that I invest with is uh, was one of the earliest investors in Unicorn DAO, and uh, my partner James Higa is really uh, uh, very involved with the DAO and and loves it. So, and now I'm on the curator committee myself. So it's uh, I, I'm getting to see firsthand what you've built, and it's incredible. We have weekly calls for all members, um, so just trying to create FOMO and everyone else. So I mean, one of the big um, important steps for us is going to be to grow the community and uh, make sure that people are able to join Unicorn even if they don't have PTEs. Because, I mean, obviously, who the fuck has PTEs? <laughs> um, so right now, the price of state is PTEs. Uh, but we're working on next steps that will allow more people to join our community. Um, and just can't wait. It's wonderful. I can't wait for for more updates. Thank you so much and and so much love to you, your family and everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was Nadia Talakonikova, a conceptual artist, activist, founding member of Pussy Riot, now a leading founder in the crypto community as a a creator of the Ukraine DAO that raised $7 million and now founder of Unicorn DAO that is uh, investing in women-led, LGBTQIA-led projects and commissioning uh, one-of-one art from big creators in the space. Tune in next week when I speak with Lori Grace Bailey, a dedicated NFT artist dedicating much of her time to supporting and onboarding women, LGBTQIA+, and other marginalized groups in the NFT space. You're listening to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg.